chapter 2, uh, he, it gets to one of those, those places where in my own preparation of like teaching through a gospel, I was like, that's going to be really great when he's healing people, you know, and he's teaching them these great things and stuff. So they got some weird passages in there that are going to be really difficult to teach through. And this is kind of one of them, honestly. Um, he, gets, he gets a question about fasting. And, you know, sometimes Jesus gives these really, like, these answers that are just amazing. You're like, wow, I could never have come up with an answer that brilliant. Other times he gives one that, ones that make no sense at all. And that's kind of what tonight is, at least for me. And so let me talk about fasting just for a second before we kind of get into the, the text. Because fasting is kind of one of those things that's a part of Christian, uh, it's a part of, uh, Christian tradition. It's a part of the church. It's a part of following God. It's something that's been a part of uh, what it means to be his people from the very beginning. And yet it's still kind of mysterious, you know, like I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and uh, I, the only time I ever heard of fasting is if we read a story that was about fasting. You know, like the, my church didn't practice that, and that's not a judgment against them. It just wasn't something that I grew up, uh, like, being taught about and, and that kind of stuff. The, the only person, the only time I knew about fasting was from my charismatic grandparents. Uh, and, like, they went to Bethany, and they were like, I mean, they, they took their own tambourines to church. Like, it was like, they were, they were getting it. Um, and they would fast, uh, like the whole church would, would fast from time to time, different times throughout the year. And I remember going to their house for lunch, and they would prepare lunch for everyone, but they wouldn't eat because they were fasting. And it was so, such a bummer to me as a kid to think that they would make all this food and they couldn't eat it. But to them, it wasn't, a, it wasn't burdensome. You know, they were, they were excited about the fast, you know. Not that they weren't hungry, but there was like a, there was an energy about them whenever they were fasting and then they would just talk about the whole church doing this fast. You know, I just thought that was so mysterious to me. Um, and so fasting, just in a very simple like, understanding, it's exactly what you think it is. It's I'm going to abstain from food, and I'm going to replace that, that time of eating with a time of prayer. So you're taking something away, but you're replacing it with something. And so like fasting kind of, it, it plays this role of... Uh, like, like I have this radio in my shop, and it's, uh, you know, it's before digital radio, you had to dial it in. And it has this, this dial on the side of it, and it's like the most annoyingly like, sensitive dial in the world. And uh, where it's showing you where the radio station is, it's about this wide. Like it has no marker. So you're just kind of guessing, basically. And you just kind of like work, work that dial until you, like you're standing on one leg. And kinda, you know, it has to be like just right to be able to get the, the, the signal. But when you get the signal, it's really strong. Uh, fasting kind of does that for us. That the design is you take food, take food out of your life, um, replace that meal time with prayer, and it has this mysterious way of God just doing what only God can do, and and it makes us more sensitive. It, it tunes us in with Him. It helps us kind of pick up that frequency in a way that's just really special. And so fasting over the course of the life of the church has, has been used in, in different ways in different times. But that's the, that's the, the general idea is it's, it's going to help me focus. It's going to help me focus. And so Jesus gets this question. And the reason he gets this question is because the, uh, the fasting... 
practice for, uh, for the Jewish community looked, it looked a certain way. In general, most people who were Jewish, they only had to fast one day a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. And that had to deal with, with you grieving over your sin. And so it involved uh, some really specific forms of worship. and involved a sacrifice of an animal that you would make. It was very, it was very heavy. Um, it, was, it was like Good Friday heavy. And so they were, like fasting was a part of that. And so they would, were required to fast one day a year. Other times they would fast would be if they were, if they were mourning over someone who had died. Uh, if they were trying to remember like a significantly painful experience in the history of Israel, like when Babylon came in and destroyed everything, like they would, they would from time to time, they would fast in remembrance of what had happened. Um, fasting was associated with, with difficulty. Uh, there were times when the nation was facing war and uh, the king would declare a fast for everyone. And that's like you're facing this like really intensely... Uh, troubling situation and so you would fast uh those were were times so fasting in their minds was was about uh it was it was heavy it was it it was kind of dark it was um that's what it was associated with so that was kind of how the how the the jewish community uh faced that and um we're going to take some time we're going to pray before we're done tonight about uh four people who are kind of in that situation where you're like hey that's that's kind of me like i kind of feel like like there's a battle happening and I, I, something different needs to happen. Like I need, I've got to dial in to who God is. Like I'm a candidate for fasting because things are that difficult. Uh, we want to pray for you. We're going to do that tonight at some point. But, um, so, so that was kind of like the normal ones. Then you had the rabbis and the Pharisees and the leadership. And they would fast two days a week. Like voluntarily. And it was just a known thing that on Mondays and Thursdays, uh, the, these leaders were, were abstaining from the, the meal in the middle of the day. It was like a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. fast, you know, so don't feel too sorry for them. Uh, but two days a week they would fast, and it had a lot to do with um, showing their devotion to God, but they really wanted to show everyone else how devoted they were. It had kind of taken on this really empty practice. And so uh, they, it was known that those were the two days that they fasted, but it was also known that if you saw them on one of those days... Uh, sometimes they would like they would dress in really drab clothing, and their faces would be very sad. And they would uh, some of them would even kind of put like powder on their face, make them look pale and and weak, you know. And uh, it was just this known thing, like oh, this is the day they kind of pout their way through the day because they're so devoted to God. Um, people had kind of come to still respect it, but it kind of just lost a lot of its meaning and stuff. And so that was a known thing. So Jesus, Rabbi, has disciples. Um, but his disciples weren't doing what the other ones were doing, and it kind of caused some questions. So uh, look, at, uh, look at Mark 2, starting in verse uh, 18. It says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Okay, so here's what was happening. Every, all the other rabbis and their disciples and the Pharisees and everyone who was super pious and devoted, uh, they were all fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. But they're like, this rabbi, his disciples are not like the, all the other ones. Like, he doesn't fast, uh, and his disciples don't fast. And so, Jesus being very approachable and being very cool, was like, hey, uh, we just got a question. Uh, how come 
How come your guys aren't doing what all the other guys are doing? We don't understand this. And so Jesus gives them, again, one of those answers that at first, at first you're like, ah, what, how does he, why is he speaking code like that? Um, but it wouldn't have been code to them like it is code to us. And that's what we'll see as we go through the gospel is there are a lot of things that we're just, because we're not first century Jews, we just don't really understand it. But this was, this was his answer. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new one from the old, and a worse tear is made. And, if no one, uh, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Doy, <laughs> you know. You can write that in your notes. Um, so that's a bit of a strange answer to us, but to them it would have made a lot more sense. And it's helpful if we kind of understand, if we, if we, underst- we take our understanding of fasting and we think of it in kind of three different time periods. One would be like before Jesus came, which is what I've already explained. It was tied to mourning and grief over, over sin, over someone's death. It was tied to the Day of Atonement. It was tied to... Uh, difficulty and all that, that kind of stuff. And, and they were fasting because they wanted to get God's attention. They wanted to say, God, this is like we're, we're in a bind here. We're in a difficult place. We want to get your attention. So we're going to say no to food and yes to you. They knew from the very beginnings because he taught them, hey, your, 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 um, your stomach, you're uniquely linked to it. You're uniquely linked to your stomach, to your wallet, to your watch, you know, to your, to your emotions. Like we have all these different ties and, 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 and he's given us these practices in order to help us um, not get bogged down in the idolatry that comes with those various things. And so sure, you get into a difficult situation, you get into like you're dealing with sin or dealing with something, you're dealing with anything and you want, to, you want to press into the Lord, you want to listen to the Lord, you want him, His shepherding and His guidance, but um, how easy is it to turn to other things instead? We turn to people, we turn to, <clears throat> we turn to different kinds of entertainment and comfort, we turn to food, we turn to, uh, to you know, uh, shop, shopping therapy, where we're going to buy new things, there's all this stuff, you know. And so God, being the brilliant genius that he is, has given us these things to help those idols uh, keep from taking root in our hearts. And fasting is one of those. Like, it's one of those things where, like, food cannot have a grip on us. Food, on the unhealthy extreme and on the healthy extreme, both of them can play a role they're not intended to play. And so you bring yourself before the Lord and you say, Lord, I would, ra- I would rather hear from you than I would eat. I, n- I need you. I long for you the, more than I'm longing for this food that uh, is, like, not present, you know. 
And so before Jesus, that's what they were doing is they wanted to get God's attention. They needed his guidance. Um, And and a part of it was anticipating one day we're not going to have to go on the Day of Atonement and and, and take these animals in and slaughter them because God's going to send us a redeemer. Not everyone knew it was about sin. They thought it was political and stuff. but, But they knew something was coming. So before Jesus comes, that's what fasting looked like. And so what Jesus is telling them in, his, in the first part of his answer in verse 19, he, in his reply, he, he says, let me, let me explain it to you like this. Let me use the scenario of a wedding. That at a wedding, um, when the groom is there, do you fast or do you feast? And they'd be like, well, I mean, that's when you feast. Like you, you wait for the groom to show up at the party to get the bride, and then, then it's like... It, like, I mean, I know, like, our weddings, we love our weddings. They partied for seven days. Like, they, they were in it. So he's like, so when it's time, like, when you're, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, you have all the, like, the whole banquet is there and all the food is there, and the groom shows up and he's like, let's, like, let's feast. Or you're like, no. No, not yet. He's like, no, that's, that's, when like what you have been waiting for has happened you have been waiting he's saying you've been waiting for me and i'm here he's telling them without telling them i'm the one i'm the one the prophets talked about i'm the one that you prayed for i'm the one you've been waiting on i'm the one i'm the one you've been hoping for it's not time to fast anymore now the feast needs to begin because I, like, I am with you. And so when you think about it in those terms, Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. In other words, he's saying this is not the time. Like, he's helping, trying to help them understand like, everything is different now that I'm here. Like, he has changed the narrative of history by showing up. And so if Israel was like a bride who was waiting for her groom to come to her, Jesus um, was born in Bethlehem. Good news of great joy for all the people. Everything about Advent that we, that we celebrate and we sing about, he's saying, hey, this, this is the equivalent of the groom showing up. So you know why my disciples don't fast? Because the point of fasting is me. That Jesus is the reason that we fast. Before him, he was the reason they were fasting, but they were fasting for something to come. They were fasting for something that they had not eaten yet. They hadn't tasted yet. They they knew of it, but they had not experienced it yet. For years, maybe not years, for like a year, I heard about this, this culinary creation... Um, and it's at, uh, at Billy's, um, Billy's like boudin shop or whatever, whatever you call it. And I just kept hearing, yeah, it's this boudin ball. It's like the size of a baseball and it has a block of pepper jack cheese in the middle of it. And folks would talk about that. Like people would like go out of their way to pick these up. They would come back with bags of them for their friends, um, and I kept hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it, but I'd never, I'd never had one before. And so it had been described to me, and it sounded like just, I mean, it's going to be 
on the new earth, without a doubt. You know, I was like, that has to be there, without a doubt. But I had never experienced it. That's what the Old Testament was like in terms of fasting. They were longing for something to experience. And Jesus is saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm the boudin ball with pepper jack cheese in the middle of it. Like, I, it has happened. I'm here. Feast. Like, there's enough for everyone. Like, Billy himself is here making them. There is plenty to go around. Jesus is like, that's why I don't fast. They don't need to fast because I'm the reason for the fast and I'm here with you. Because everything is different now. And he talks about the, 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 the new patch on an old garment and putting new wine in an old wineskin. The garment thing, I think we kind of understand. The wineskins, you know, they didn't have bottles and stuff and so they would make, uh, they would take animal skins and make them into uh, like uh, pouches essentially that, and that's what they would store wine in. But eventually, because of all the fermentation and all that kind of stuff, it would break down the, the animal skin and they would burst after a while. He's like, so if you have this new batch of wine, but you have these old brittle wineskins, do you pour them in there? No, because the skins burst and then the wine is all over the ground. And you're like, who, who wins? Nobody. What he's saying is that the old and the new, uh, they, they are incongruent. You can't mix the two. That the old ways of fasting had come to an end because he had changed the entire world. He says, no, like, the, like everything is different now. I'm bringing new wine for new wineskins. I'm bringing, I'm bringing like, a, a, like a new garment to you. The, the kingdom of God is bringing all these new things. And that we've been seeing him bringing, he's bringing healing, he's bringing these teachings, and he's taking authority over uh, like the demonic, and he's doing all these things. He's, he's um, having deep, close fellowship with those who have been rejected. Uh, he is modeling for us over and over and over again this newness. Like, hey, the old, the old is the old, the new is the new, and they, they, it's, not a, it's not a transfer. And so what, is it, what does that really mean? Well, it means that fasting has changed. He has this statement right in the, in the middle of, of, the, of the wedding thing and the wineskin garment thing. Um, verse 20, he says, The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they will fast in that day. So they're saying, hey, how come your guys are not fasting? And he's like, well, uh, basically because I've changed the whole world. And I've changed fasting. And we're feasting right now because this is, like, this is Israel's wedding. Uh, but there's going to come a time when I'm not going to be with them anymore. Now we know, because we have the book, that he, just talking about his ascension to be with the Father. Seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us as a church. Um, like planning and prepping like for the day when he returns. And so we're in between those two arrivals. We talk about that at Advent a lot, that he, he came the first time and he, he lived, he died, he was resurrected, he has now ascended and he's coming again. And so we're in between those two arrivals on the earth. And so what are we supposed to do in the meantime? One of the things we're supposed to do is we're supposed to fast. Like it's, that's what he says. I'll read it to you again in case you don't believe me. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. We're living in the day he's referring to right now, in between his first arrival and his second arrival. But our fasting is different. Our fasting is different because, you know, thank the Lord, I have experienced the Billy's Boudin Ball. I no longer have to wonder what it tastes like. I, now I know what it tastes like. 
and I want one <laughs> all the time. I have tasted and experienced the goodness of Billy's. We have tasted and experienced the goodness of Jesus. We're not like they were in the Old Testament when they were fasting for something they did not know. Now we are, we are like those in the New Testament who are fasting for something they have tasted and seen and they know they will see uh, again. And so we kind of are in this really unique place where fasting takes on two, there's like two different things that are happening. In one sense, we're fasting because he's not with us. You know? Like we experience and we dial into things, we connect to things because like there is a void among us. We take communion, we're experiencing, we're like we're celebrating in a, in, a, in a really special way the fact that he is absent. That our family gathering is like, it's, we're missing something. We're missing someone. We're missing the guest of honor. We're missing the groom. And so we're acknowledging like, yes, that, that is, is, he is, is gone from us and we long for him to be with us like bodily. We know he's with us in spirit, yes, and that is, believe me, a huge gift we'll talk about in a second. But, but that absence is very important. And so fasting for us now is how we dial into his, his presence through the spirit, but also we dial into his, his absence. We're connected to him. So what the New Testament church did, uh, they fasted on... Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. So they understood the value of fasting. They're like, man, we're so connected to God when we're skipping that meal and we're praying instead. Like we're, we are tuned in. But we don't want to, like we can't fast in the old ways. We can't even fast on the same days as those who fasted. Uh, like because that's old, that's old wine and the old wineskins. He brought us something new. So how do we... How do we put new wine into the new wineskins? And for them, they're like, let's just do the same thing two days a week. Let's go different days and let's, let's recover the meaning of this discipline. And so it was a known thing in the Christian world that that's when they fasted, two days a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, differentiating themselves from their previous tradition, but still being able to grab onto the meaning of it. And so what do we do? Well, we... We should be practicing those same things, you know. And there have, there have been plenty of times in the life of this church and college ministry where we have fasted. We've asked people to abstain from food and pray for specific things. And I promise you what God has next ahead of us, there will be times where we're going to declare, as much as you can declare something voluntary, uh, we're going to declare a fast because uh, we're going to really need to be, like, tuned. But you can also fast in your own life. You know, that's like your prerogative right there. Like if you are in a place where you're trying to make a decision, you are, you're battling a sin pattern, you feel distant from the Lord, you're, you know, there's, there's all these kinds of struggles and fasting is one of the gifts he's given you. Say, so, hey, uh, this will help you. This will help you tune in. Is it as simple as not eating and replacing it with prayer? Well, yeah, it is. You can, all, you can fast from other stuff too. You know, I mean, fast from anything that's going to have a hold over you. I know plenty of people have done social media fasts. I've not heard one person say, you know, I really regret doing that. <laughs> I'm like, man, I was so much more present. I wasn't trying to video every moment of my whole life. And I wasn't trying to keep up with people. And I was like, I was out of the loop, but it was awesome. You know, like you hear all these great things from social media fasts. Or people fast from, from 
um, spending and from like eating out, that kind of stuff, and like redoing their budgets. There's all kind of ways to do it. But, but we are in this kind of moment where we're, we're fasting for something that we have already tasted. We're just, we want more of that. But also, we're, like, we have to celebrate. Because the, like, the groom is not with us, but he's also with us. Like when we come together, there's some of those Sundays where you just feel like, man, like the, like the roof just needs to just like move away. And you feel God moving and there's like a, there's like a celebration that, that is like in us. But maybe we still have, it needs to like break through to the, out, the outer, you know, manifestations maybe sometimes. But, but like the, the kind of joy, the joy of those who know like our bridegroom, he's not with us, but he's with us. He's not with us like, like we want him to be, like he will be one day, but, he's, but he is manifesting. Like he is with us in this room. He has not left us alone. That fasting before him looked a certain way. Fasting while he was here, they didn't fast because he was with them. And now that he is gone, our fasting takes on this new life. Because all we, like all we really need to want is, like I just want to be dialed into who you are and what you're doing. And so if, like, if there's a part of you that is struggling with, with that very thing, you know, distant from God, in a troublesome, like, difficult situation, stuck in a sin pattern, like, whatever it is, fasting is one of the things he's given us to help us. It is simple, and it is deep. And so I would encourage you, I mean, you can take what I've said tonight and just run with it. If you want more information, there's plenty more stuff out there, but... Jesus, like if we're looking at him as our example, like this is our rabbi in front of us showing us what to do, then we have to look at this text and say, okay, I need to do that. Jesus prayed that people would be healed. Okay, we need to do that. Jesus welcomed uh, those who had been rejected by society into his life. Okay, we need to do that. Jesus got up early before everyone else was around, went off by himself to pray with the Father. He's like, okay, we need to do that. Jesus did this, we need to do that. Jesus did this, we need to do that. That's, that's the groove that we're in. And here he's saying, yeah, you need to be fasting. Just try it. And I'm willing to bet that in our, in our room tonight, there are those who are prime candidates for a fast. Like you're sitting there, you're like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And I hope that you will. But I hope that we can do it with, with both components in mind. One, acknowledging that he's not, he's not here with us, but he is here with us. Not here with us bodily, but he's here with us in spirit. And because he is with us in spirit, everything is new. Your entire life is new. They looked at his disciples and they're like, man, these people are different. Why? Because Jesus showed up. And because Jesus has showed up in your life, in my life, in this place with us, every, everything is different. Everything is different. And so when we take communion in a second, we're celebrating his presence and his absence. When we sing to him, we're celebrating his presence and his absence. We're pulling the past and the future into the present, and we're acknowledging, like, yeah, there's, I mean... There's no other name. I mean, you're, it's you. It's always been you. And it always will be you. 
And we're pulling that into our own lives and we're saying, with where I am in this moment, in this day, I'm choosing more than food, more than money, more than my own schedule, more than my own will. I'm choosing you above all those things. And so we're going to respond in a few different ways. We'll have communion, like I'm saying. You can come and pray down here. We're going to sing. And then after we sing a little bit, we're going to have a special time of prayer for those of you who, um, I'll just say that you're a prime candidate for a fast. We want to take some time to pray for you because I bet some of you are going to try to implement this. And you need to know you're not by yourself in support. And so that's how we'll close our time. So let's stand together as the band comes back. Why don't you take a second and um, just kind of pull your thoughts together a little bit. Jesus, we, um, we, don't, uh, we don't speak your name lightly. We don't approach your table uh, casually or out of routine or anything else. We don't sing to you like we sing other, other songs or other, uh, other names. We thank you that you have brought new wine, new garments, a new kingdom, that you are making all things new, and we are on that list. And um, So we bring to you tonight, Jesus, our, our great joys of life. I mean, the things that are just so going I mean, so well, our, our treasures, our, I mean, our relationships, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There's so many great things in this, in this room. We bring those to you, and we bring the other end of the spectrum as well. We bring you the worst parts of us and the things we're dealing with. Um, and no matter where we are in that spectrum, we're, we're getting in the same line, headed to the same body and blood you're the same one standing in front of us offering us the grace of your presence and your uh, forgiveness and there's enough of you to go around so we thank you we thank you for for knowing us well enough to know that we were going to need some tangible things to do to get dialed in part of that, singing is part of that, praying is part of that, and fasting is part of that. That says a lot about who you are, Jesus, that you would you'd just build us in these kind of uh, ways. And so now as we, um, we draw even closer to each other and to you, we pray, God, just that, that that one name will be, uh, will be lifted high in our hearts and our minds. presence with us and even though you're not here in the way that we want you to be here uh, we thank you that we're not alone and, uh, so you tell us to boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may find help mercy in our time of trouble May these next few moments be times where we put you above our circumstances and feelings and um, above the great things and the difficult things. And it's just 
sticking with where we began tonight. It's just your name above them all. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Adam's down here. Uh, He's serving. Jesus is the one serving us, but he'll be the one standing in tonight. Uh, Come when you're ready. Let's sing. Come and pray, and then we'll we'll pray special prayers uh, here in a